Coast Church Charlotte. Give that praise to God. He, he is all Him. Amen. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. <laughs> it's an honor to be here today. I count it a high privilege just to be with you guys. I love y'all. You're a great church. There is no other church I want to be a part of than this one right here. First Church. I even love the name, First Church. But to stand out there and see y'all coming in with your smiles and your enthusiasm, your love for God, that gives me energy. I know, brother. Sound man says I got to keep this to my mouth. I can't do that. But I appreciate everybody here. But I want you to know that I appreciate my pastor. Brother Nathan is a phenomenal man. He, I know he is hurting that he can't be here today. He did everything they could. They ran into some problems with their flight. He got to a point where he rented a car and drove all the way from Vancouver down to Seattle to catch a flight to Charlotte, but they still couldn't get here in time. So uh, I know he, he's missing it as well as we're missing him. And then we're missing the greatest lady that gives weather reports and, and fashion shows. <laughs> Sister Charlie Elm does that for us every morning. We love her as well. Amen. And I had the honor to pick up Bishop and Sister Elms at the airport yesterday and listen to their vacation. And it kind of got me kind of excited about wanting to go on vacation. And the, past, the bishop has given me permission to tell some of my stories today, so y'all are in for it. So I'm hoping it works out for us today. It's good to be in church. I, uh, if you are a guest here today, welcome. It is so good to have you. We hope you enjoy yourself. Worship God with us. And we all going to go to heaven together. Amen. And if you need to be baptized, we have the waters. They've already been stirred this morning. <laughs> so don't hesitate. Read it in the book of Acts. Read it in the Bible. It talks about it. And we're here to help you out on that part. Amen. Amen. I am... Uh, I am one that does not have uh, great vocabulary speech. Wait a minute. Let me introduce to y'all a brand new member of our family, a church, first church. Sister Valeria Hodge, stand up. Yeah, got me a daughter-in-law. Yeah. Oh, no, poor daughter's right. <laughs> but I'm not one of great speech. You can ask my daughter over here. She always corrects me. Dad, it's not the way it's spelled. That's not what it says. So y'all just kind of take all of me today. Is that okay? Y'all yes. Yes. are in for it. It's an honor, again, to be here before you. I do not count it lightly. I thank the pastor for having faith and confidence in me. And we're going to kind of jump into this thing real fast. I got a very unusual mess title today, and and our sound guys and video guys did a good job. They they actually found a good picture for me because my title today is called a carrot, an egg, and a cup of coffee. I say that so y'all don't forget the title. You might forget the message. Don't forget the title. But nah, a carrot, an egg, and a cup of coffee. Amen. 
We're going to read in 2 Kings chapter 2. Is this okay? All right. 2 Kings chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And it's a lengthy one, so just please you know, be seated and it'll be okay. And it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into, into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgad. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. And Elijah, Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? Now isn't there always negative people around? Yes. It don't matter. It's just always. And he said, and I'm going to paraphrase this in the Ed Hodges version, okay? And Elisha said, yes, I know. Shut up. <laughs> I know the Bible says keep silent, but you know. So Elijah said to him again, and said, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as the Lord's soul, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets, what do you know? The sons of the prophet who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And Elisha said, yes, I know, shut up. <laughs> then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Amen. I'm going to read another scripture, if you don't mind. We're going to drop down to Exodus chapter 19, and I'm going to read 10, 11, and 16. Then the Lord said, this is how Mount Sinai, you know, how Moses has been going up on the mountain and everything. And so the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, I will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And it shall come to pass, or it shall come on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings, sounded like a lot of noise, and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of a trumpet was very loud, so that when the people were who were in the camp, everybody say, in the camp. Not outside the camp, not around the camp, but in the camp, trembled. Amen. Father, we give you thanks and praise today. We thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and what you're doing in this service today. We honor our praise to you, for you are worthy of all praise and all glory. Anoint this vessel, Lord, as he brings the word of the Lord, and receive, bless our ears that they receive the word today, and let us grow in you. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to try to encourage you today. I'm not going to show big words. don't have big words. I'm not going to try to woo you with, you know, a PhD beside my name, MHD beside my name, PDF beside my name, whatever. All I got is L-I-F-E beside my name. And I'm going to share some of that with you. 
I usually like to start out with a, a, a joke, but <laughs> nine o'clock didn't get it. <laughs> so I'm going to share it with you. And it goes like this. We were reading in the scripture a minute ago where the Lord says, have your people consecrate, which is in your mind, consecrate and go and wash your clothes. And the joke is this. You know why men do not work washers and dryers? Because they're not remote controlled. Okay, I shouldn't have done that in this service. <laughs> but I, <laughs> thank you. But I want to tell you of a testimony. I want to start off with a testimony. A couple months ago, back in May, it was in the 90s, it was hot. I was, before I retired, which, hey, so um, I, I used to do signs. And I had to do this large sign, had to take it down and put up a new sign in its place. And so they were, the old sign had eight by eight beams, 10 feet tall, about three feet in the ground, heavy things. So I had to take that one down so I can put my new one up. So when I tore it apart, I went to pull the post out. I pulled the first one out pretty good. The guy that usually was supposed to help me called in sick, so I had to do all this by myself. So I went over to the other post, and I reached down, and as I lifted up, I felt something tear in my shoulder. The pain was excruciating. I mean, I don't know if I've ever felt this type of pain. I knew I did some major damage. I could not bring my arm up. I could not move my arm. It was tucked in like this. So I, I worked my way back over to the truck. I had the air conditioner going. I went to the passenger side. I couldn't climb into the truck, so I dropped down on my knees on the ground and leaned into the truck on the floorboard and just prayed. I was crying. I was in so much pain. There wasn't anybody there to pray for me. I couldn't work my phone. Uh, I said, I was like, I got to get this job done. I can't leave all this stuff on the side of the road like this. So I reached up. I laid my hand on my shoulder and I prayed. I said, God, I can't have this right now. I'm asking for healing in my body. Take away this pain and bring healing. Ten seconds later, I began to feel a little bit better. Fifteen to twenty seconds later, I was able to move my arm. And when I then realized that God had given me an instant healing, I raised my hand. He is the healer, and he is in this house. So I kept my hand up, and I walked up and down the side of that truck on the side of the road, praising God. I'm saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I give you all thanks and praise. And like most humans, which I am, I'm not an alien. I wanted to challenge it. Not on purpose. So I went back over there to that big post. I said, okay, here goes. And I leaned down there, and the enemy with strength I did not know I had. I pulled that thing out with no problem and dropped it down. I looked at it. I went back, you're a healer. <laughs> you're a healer. You're a healer. If you need something, the healer is in the house today. Uh, and yet, I mean, we got each other to help pray for, but if you know the name of Jesus, 
All you got to do is put your hand on it. Call on his name. He's the healer. He is the one that will take care of you. Amen. Excuse me a minute. God has been so good to me through the years. Brother Don made the comment. He made the comment that I'm like this. No. If you look at my life, I'm like this. And y'all know what I'm talking about. God is like this. Right? My life is like this. So I came across a story a while back, and I'll read it in a minute, but it gave me the title of my message, A Carrot, an Egg, and a Cup of Coffee. Now, I did buy myself an iPod, so I didn't want to have to do all this paperwork, but my son took it from me. <laughs> Wifey. So I went back to my paper. Now, Sister Helen's not here, but a while back, a couple few years back, I used to do this all the time without a book. And I said, I would say, we're going to have a good service unless the wind blows, then my notes go everywhere, then the service is over. Sister Helen was sitting right over here somewhere, and she goes, let turn on the fans, turn on the fans. <laughs> well, to Sister Helen, I went and bought me a book now, so she, they're going to fly everywhere, I hope. God's good, isn't he? Always. I saw a list of these guys, and I, I want to share some of them with you about these men. An expert was speaking of Vince Lombardi. He said he possesses minimal football knowledge and lacks motivation. And y'all know he became one of the greatest NFL football coaches ever. His teacher said of Beethoven, he handles the violin awkwardly and called him hopeless. Y'all know what happened to Beethoven. And this is one of my favorite. Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper edit by a newspaper editor for the lack of ideas and imagination. You see, these guys are like us in one way. The only thing is, is they made up their mind what they're going to do. And it doesn't matter about negative people. They pushed on anyway. Just like Elijah. These negative guys came at him and at him and at him, but he would, he would refuse. No, I'm going with you. Don't, don't, I'm going with you. His mind was made up. And that's what I want to share with you today or encourage you today is make up your mind. Not live half-heartedly, but make up your mind. I'm living for God. I'm going to make it. And that's my goal today is to encourage you. And to, to motivate you to do this. Now, we all fail in life. We all have lapses. We all get tempted. We all fall face down. We all face trials. We're not a, alone in the struggles of life. That's why you need a church. A lot of people used to ask, why do I have to go to church? Why do I have to go to church? Because your brothers and your sisters are what encourages you. It energizes you. It helps you. Yes. Life is not an island. You are not an island, the Bible says. It, you have to have people to help you, to call, to contact, to reach out to. There's another scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. And it says, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not a war. It's not, you know, Big John, I could take him down in a heartbeat. Y'all, 
No, just kidding, John. Just kidding. There he is. <laughs> just kidding. He stands 6'10, 250 pounds. He's a monster, but he's a teddy bear at heart. That's why I could take him down. We, we, don't, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, it, it, it's not physical. But what is it? It's against rulers. It's against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, right here. This is where it gets you, right here. But if you can make up your mind, I'm going to make it, then nothing's going to stop you. Nothing will stop you. I know that we have to set our minds on it. We've got to set our minds, I'm not going to give up. When I was uh, um, coming up in life, um, in the Army, I was a, uh, uh, not a medic, but I was in a crash and recovery. So anytime a helicopter or an airplane would crash, our unit, our, our little squad would go out there and secure it and bring it back. So I started getting into this lifespan. So then I got, from there I went into becoming a paramedic, and I was paramedic for seven years. And I saw all this hurt and uh, pain, and there was some joy. Um, you know, it, 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 and, I, and I always kept thinking in my mind, you know, wh why did I come down this pathway? And as a paramedic, I saw some things, and I always asked God why that, that was. You know, we need to pray for those, Paul Burns and his, the, all the medics that are out on the road, they, the things they see and experience. And then I came in, of course, became a police officer, and I saw it from a different angle from that direction. And um, I saw, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, this is the truth. I've delivered seven and a half babies. I really have. I'm not going to tell a half right now. It's not right. <laughs> But um, one of them we had delivered, it was on a cold, cold winter's day. The family had just been transferred from Germany, and uh, she went into labor in the house. There was no heat in the house. When we got there, we had to deliver the baby in the hallway, and it was freezing cold. And um, so the baby actually was turning blue. And I didn't know what to do. I knew the steps, but... And all of a sudden, the Lord impressed on me, and I did some things that I've never done before, but I did some things to take care of that baby. And when we got to the hospital, we, you know, the uh, labor and delivery is already downstairs. They, they rushed her upstairs and everything, so you know, I did the paperwork when he was over with. So we were cleaning up our, our ambulance, getting it ready for the next call, and the nurse came over to me. She goes, they want you up in labor, they want you up in labor and delivery right now. So the first thing I thought about was the baby died. So on the way up there, I prayed. I said, God, help that family. Be with that family. And I got up there, and I came off the elevator, and the dad came up and hugged me. I didn't help matters. <laughs> and he, he hold me. He cut me by the arm, and he drug me over to the room. And he opened the door and walked in, and there sat, laid the mother with a brand-new, beautiful baby. And I looked, and I thought, What's wrong? And then the mother looked at me. She goes, we want to name the baby after you. I said, poor baby. <laughs> so they got, my first name is William. So they, they named the baby William. So there's honorable things like that. And then there's other things that are not worthy of talking about right now. But I asked God, I said, God, why? 
through my life did I come through this. I, I enjoyed helping people. I enjoy being in a place of helping people. But really, people that have that job, including my friends, my coworkers, a lot of them go into depression. A lot of them go into drinking and back to drugs and because it is so much of an impact. And all of our healthcare people, let me tell you something, I do pray for y'all. But it never hit me. It never affected me in that way. And there was sometimes in the locker room when we were, you know, changing clothes to get off that shift and everything, some of the guys would ask me, he goes, Hodge, aren't you upset about whatever, you know? I said, no. I said, everything is okay. Because you see, God was my, he was my healer. And he was my protector. Not only did he heal, but he protected my heart. And if we have a mind made up, God is going to do that with us. He's going to keep us because we know that when we get into a situation, God's going to help take care of it. God's going to help me in this situation. Now, there's going to be battles we're going to have to fight. But he is with us. He said he'd never forgive us. I mean, never forget us and forsake us. He's always with us. And if we have a mind made up, we know that. And so when a negative person comes around, I'm sorry, when a negative person comes around, we can look at them like Elijah said and said, shut up. When Elisha says, shut up. When it comes in your mind and you know, hey, shut up. I've done that a few times. Ed, shut up. <laughs> no, 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 no. God is able. Amen? Amen. Amen. God's good. And then, uh, <laughs> I, then I was in rookie school. Y'all talking about fun. When I was in rookie school, the, 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 you took tests, and you got graded for your test. But at the end of the whole course, 16 weeks I think it was for us, at the end of that whole course, it came down to one day. And in the morning, you took a four-hour state test. And I love the way the state grade their papers. Because you see... You walk out and you're supposed to stand outside the door and look in. And this is how they grade the paper. <laughs> so I was standing there and I stood at the door and I'm looking, because you know, you get to, and he's looking through mine, he's checking, checking. He looks up. I went, whoo! <laughs> so then, then comes the second phase. And it's right after lunch, and you got to run an eight-mile run without stopping. Yeah. Now, they worked us up to that. You know, they all through the 16 weeks, we ran every day. But eight miles? I told Sister Karen this morning, it probably took me eight hours. An hour, a mile, but it didn't. But it was funny because... The, uh, there's four of us that were about the same age. We were the oldest in the class. And we got out there. It was freezing cold. And we got out there, and they fired the gun. And all these young guys <laughs> took off running. Us four looked at each other. Okay, we just started. Easy run. And we couldn't walk. You could not walk. So we did what they call the airborne shuffle. You know, it's just an easy shuffle. Well, we've gone down the path. <laughs> the other guys. 
We're going down the path. They're running past us, you know. We're just running right along. After a while, we were the only ones out there. Probably a couple hours. But they couldn't, you know, nothing could happen until we finished. But we endured the whole thing. We made it across the finish line. There was nobody there, but we made it across the finish line. <laughs> and so we went in and took a shower. And this is the funny part that I like the most. You see, those guys that ran and finished early and did all that, they got the same grade we did. <laughs> But the thing that they were trying to teach us is don't quit. Do not give up. Keep, even if, if you can't run, do a jog. If you can't jog, do a fast walk. But you cannot stop. Once you stopped, you flunked. You need to go through all that time frame. So we were helping each other as we were running. We were helping each other. Come on, come on, man. Come on, Cliff. You know, come on, Rick. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Most of the time it's like, come on, Ed. Come on, Ed. Come on, Ed. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, there was a little hill, a little, little small upgrade like that. But about the fifth and sixth mile, that thing began to look like this. I mean, it was hard to get up. There's a, there's a hill out there right now at the police academy. It's called Bubba. I hate Bubba. <laughs> we, that was the steepest hill. But it didn't, you, you saw it, but it didn't stop at the top. It kind of graded up as, as you went through the parking lot. And, you know, after so many weeks of running that hill, your legs feel like rubber. And they're just like, we had this one guy, his name, his nickname was Pterodactyl. He was 6'7", real skinny. And when we were doing arm exercises, he'd stand there, his arms would get tired, and his arms would come in like this, and he looked like a pterodactyl. <laughs> but, but he, them old long, lanky legs, and we were trying to help him along. Come on, man, let's get up this hill. We're doing it together. Some of the guys would stop, or not really stop, they would fall back and help everybody else. Nobody. We stayed in a formation. We stayed, I'm going to put it like this, we stayed in the camp. Yeah. We stayed together. Yes. Yeah. And we made the graduation and, made, and came, went on to do our job. In Luke chapter 18, there's another story of a lady apparently was being oppressed pretty hard by her adversaries, her enemies. So she went to the judge, a very unjust judge. He, he had no respect of God. He had no respect of anything, a man, the Bible says. But this woman came up to him, and she began to beat, I want my justice. I want justice for my adversaries. The judge says, no. She's coming back again. Come back again. She was very persistent. Pushing, 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 pushing. Till finally the judge finally got worried. He goes, okay, this woman bothers me. Give her what she wants. And so she got her victory. And there's sometimes in us, when things come at us and things are hitting us and some things are attacking us, Lord, help them. Sometimes you got to go back again. God, begin to pound. Begin to reach. Begin to, God, reach out. We got to come back.
back again. In my closet, in my, at the house, I have a little chair there, and that is my altar. And I'll go in and I'll close the door and um, I begin, I will pray. There's times that I've had joy. There's times that I've been laid out on the carpet crying. There's times I've got up and walked around. <laughs> and, you know, closet's kind of small. You know, I'm walking up and down, praising God. There's times that I connected with Christ and I felt his love. Yeah. And I felt an answer come to me. I felt... I felt him reaching down in communion with me, which he loves the most. And I hope you have a place like that. I hope you have a place. If you don't, start today. Find a place in your home. Make that holy. Make that a place that you go and pray and talk to the Lord. And let God talk to you. Amen? He's a good God. He loves us. He will fight our battles. He will fight our battles. And I got another scripture I want to give you. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I think it starts in 15. Is that right? I don't even got it. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we each are alive, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Now that sounds familiar in the Old Testament. With a, with a shout and with the voice of an archangel. That sounds like noise. And then it says, and then with the what? The trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's you, Brother Don, right? <laughs> then we which are alive and Remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Y'all want to stay and remain? I want to go. Hey, man, I want to stay in this thing. I want to stay in this boat because when this boat, when that trumpet sounds, this boat's gone. We're out of here. Hey, man, hey, man. We need each other. We need each other. It's kind of a cool thing when you're in a trouble some position or something that you have a brother or a sister that you can call on and ask them to pray for you or help you through the situation. And it's also kind of cool when they call you. Now, when I was going to work, going back and forth to work on traffic, every morning, not every morning, but a couple times a week, I get this phone call early in the morning. Good morning, Brother Ed. Sister Lisa Eppinette. Good morning, Brother Ed. How are you doing today? And I'm like, well, I'm not awake yet. <laughs> you know, how can anybody be that cheerful in the morning? <laughs> yeah, I just call and see how you're doing today. I'm, like, I'm fine. I'm on my way to work. Well, I hope you have a blessed day. I hope your day is a great day. Okay, okay. And then we hang up. And then as I realize, you know, that, that's pretty cool. I like that. That I know that someone is praying for me or somebody thought of me. You know that? That's why we need each other, you know? And then, then out in the blue comes a good old friend of mine, Brother Larry Kennedy. Hey. He comes out, he goes, hey, Hajisuni. That's what he calls me, Hajisuni. What you doing today? Um, not much, Larry. I'm just kind of chilling. He goes, ah, that's a good thing to chill. It's just good to have people like that that call you, encourage you, help you. Because, you know, it's just out there by yourself. It's just tough, man. Because life is going to come at you. Amen. Yes. 
Life is going to come at you. Amen. And God, he will be your protector. He'll be your keeper. He'll, he'll, he'll be there for you. If, you just, if we make up our mind and stay in the camp and get the blessings of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. God's good. God is good. I don't talk long. I try to get my point across. And uh, uh, encourage you. You are my brothers and my sisters in Christ in life. You are my family. I got an extra one now. You are my family. And I love you very much. And I know the pastor loves y'all very much and he feels the same thing. So when you're going through a trial, find that, that place, that holy place. You can talk to God. Praise God. That you can receive from him your encouragement and your help. Because it's going to hit you. Yes. And I can't promise you it's going to hit you hard. I got a story here. I want to read. I got a couple stories, actually. I kind of jumped my notes a little bit. I don't think, I think two of my pages stuck together. But I got a story here, and it's, it's the story of Chippy. You ever heard of Chippy? Chippy's a parakeet. And I'm going to read it, and this is what it goes. Chippy, the parakeet, never saw was coming. One second, he was peacefully perched in his cage. The next, he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The problem began when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the vacuum cleaner and stuck in the hose into the cage to start vacuuming the bottom. The phone rang, so she reached over to grab the phone and tilted the vacuum cleaner. Up went Chippy. The bird owner gasped, put down the phone, turned off the vacuum cleaner, and opened the bag. There was Chippy, still alive but stunned. Since the bird was covered with dust and soot, she grabbed the bird and ran to the bathroom and turned on the faucet and guess what? Stuck Chippy under the water to rinse her off, rinse him off. Then, realizing Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She turned on the hairdryer. <laughs> Blasted Chippy with hot air. Poor Chippy. Never knew what hit him. A few days later, after the trauma, the reporter who'd initially written the, about the incident called Chippy's owner and asked, well, replied, how's Chippy doing? And the owner said, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits there and stares. <laughs> it's hard not to see why when somebody is sucked up, washed up, blown over by surprise. And that's what life will do to you. And it's kind of funny. And I told her I was going to tell this story. My daughter said in the first service laughing over there the whole time during this story. She told me afterwards she was vacuuming. They have rabbits in their house. Yeah. Ravy Hanbury. She's got two of them. She was vacuuming the little area uh, uh, under a chair or something, getting all the fur and everything up. And she, she, she was you know, doing this. She did not realize that one of the rabbits had come up behind her. 
And so she was doing this number right here, and all of a sudden, she looked around, and the rabbit's eyes were real big. The vacuum cleaner was stuck to it, just laying there like this. Deanna goes, oh, no, 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 and pulls back. The rabbit just kind of moseyed off, you know. Listen, life is like that. It's going to hit you. You might, you're not going to expect it. Right. Who are you going to go to? You go to Christ. Yes. And you ask God, God, I didn't expect this. I need help through this. Yeah. Back in May, my fault, actually not, back uh, a couple weeks ago, my fault, I miscalculated and made a financial error. And I was in a little bit of a financial bind. And I went to God and I said, God, I, my fault, God. I said, but I need, I need you to bless me. I need a financial blessing, Lord. And I prayed for a while, and I got up and went on. A couple days later, it finally came to me, and I had to do something. So I went on my bank account, which was scary. <clears throat> I went on my bank account and opened it up, and there was a financial blessing that took care of everything that I had messed up. I went back to the Lord, and <laughs> thank you. I'm telling you, He is our provider. Yes, he, is. he is our healer. Yes. He's everything to us. We have a tendency to reach out to other things first. We have a tendency, and I'm one. I'm 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 just as guilty. But we have a tendency to reach out to other things first. But in my life, in the last couple months, I've got to the point where I've gone to God and I'm saying, God, I'm coming to you first. Right. You make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on. Come on. I um. I wasn't planning on saying this. I, I just recently retired, so Lord help y'all have to go through Social Security uh, a sign up. <laughs> it took me four months to get it worked out. And finally, because here I was coming up at the end of June, I had no job, I had nothing, no health insurance, no nothing. And my supplement insurance sent me a letter stating, we can't cover you no more because you're not signed up. And I, I took that letter, and guess where I went? <laughs> I went to my closet and I set it down on that chair. There it is, Lord. I, I can't deal with this. <laughs> this is too much for me. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm coming up without a job. I'm coming up. I've already told them I'm not coming back to work. How you tell your company? Say, I'm coming back. <laughs> it don't work that way. So I prayed and I said, God, help me. This was on a Friday. Actually, it was a Thursday. This was on a Thursday because I, I came to the church and worked on at the church on Friday. And the whole time it kept in my mind, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So Monday, I decided I'm going downtown and I'm going to talk to some people. I'm tired of this faxing back and forth and all that stuff. And I finally got the lady. And, and, and it was a blessing because that was the only day of that week that she was going to work. And I talked to her. She goes, Mr. Hodge, we will take care of you for a month. Maybe you can get it worked out within a month. I said, I hope so, but I thank you very much. And talking about insurance. So I went home, and on the way home, I thanked the Lord that he made a way. And it kind of like, that wasn't the Lord. I'm like, well, Lord, I want to give you praise anyway. And it was like, that wasn't the Lord. Well, Lord, that's the one day she came to work. You know, I look at it as you blessed me there. That wasn't the Lord. 
I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> Are you going to argue with God? The, the next day, on Tuesday, I went to the mailbox and opened up a letter. And there was a letter in there that stated that the mistake had been taken care of. That starting June the 6th, this was June the like 13th, 14th, whatever those dates are. Starting June the 6th, you, I mean, June the 1st, you're covered. And starting in August, you'll start getting your checks and everything will work out. And it fell on me right then, that's the Lord. Yeah. He took care of it in, in a couple of days where I was stressing out of it. And again, I say, he is your provider. Yeah. Yeah. We just got to believe and have faith. Brother Anthony, Wednesday night, y'all, listen, I'm going to put a plug here. Y'all need to watch the Wednesday night services. Those Bible studies are phenomenal. You need to stop what you're doing. You say, Brother, you don't understand. Yes, I do. I've been there. I know that. You need to stop what you're doing. And at 7 o'clock, go online and watch with the videos. Some of these messages or Bible studies, rather, the pastor is giving is phenomenal. He's doing a thing called uh, Justice right now. Probably one of the best Bible studies I've heard in a long time. He is covering some great things. Well, Brother Anthony had it last this past Wednesday, and he did a phenomenal job on faith. And you're going to realize it's from a different direction. Is hope. Yes. Your faith is hope. You got to hope in God. Why won't God help me with my faith? I'm not going to preach his message. His, it was phenomenal. It was great. So you need to take time out and, and, and watch these Bible studies. And you'll let us grow together in Christ. Amen. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. The title of my message is Carrots, Eggs, and Coffee. And I'm going to tell you a story. And I hope it relates to help you. This is in a house with a young, a young adult lady. The daughter of the house came downstairs upset. She flopped down beside her mother. And she goes, I'm tired of life. I'm tired of the problems that come to me. I'm tired of taking care of this problem. And then another one hits me. I take care of that problem. And then another one hits me. Mom, I'm just tired of life. I can't take it anymore. I'm just tired of it. And the mother, as wise as she was, she grabbed the daughter's hand, picked her up, and pulled her into the kitchen. She set her down in the kitchen. She takes three pots and she sets them on the stove. She fills each pot the same amount of water. She turns the burners on high and brings the water to boil. Once they're all boil, boiling, on the one pot, she puts in the carrots. The second pot, she puts in the eggs. In the third pot, she drops in the coffee beans. She waits exactly 20 minutes and she turns the heat off. Takes the pots off and pours them out on a plate each one of them, except for the coffee she puts in a cup. And she asks the daughter, she goes, now look at these, and what do you see? She goes, well, I see cooked carrots, I see cooked eggs, and I see coffee. She goes, now look at them again. I want you to pick up the carrots. She picks up the carrots, and she goes, Mom, they're squishy, they're slimy, you know, they don't have any texture to them. She goes, okay. What do you find in the eggs? She picks up the eggs, she cracks it open, she goes, ooh, it's, it's overboiled, it's overcooked, it's hard, it's, it's, you know, yeah. She goes, okay. Now, what do you see in the coffee? And she leans over to the coffee, and she goes, oh, that smells good. Mom, that smells really good. And the mother says, okay. 
What you do with the trials in your life is not to take them personally. But you take them of how they're going to develop you. So let's look at the carrots. When we first put them in there, they were hard, stiff, and strong. But because of the heat, they became weak and slimy, mushy. Now the eggs are the same way. At first they had they were soft inside and kind of a pretty firm shell. But now when the heat was applied to them, they became hard and bitter. Now the coffee on the other hand, it changed the water. It didn't change itself, but it changed the water around it. And she goes, okay, mama. She goes, honey, the trial comes at you. If you're going to let it take you, you think you're strong and firm, and and all of a sudden a trial comes to you, a battle attacks you, and the heat is turned turned up in your life, is it going to make you soft, wimpy, and unsupportive? Or same thing here. You might be soft in your heart and soft in your life, and you think you're pretty good. You know, you, you got a good shell around you. But when the heat is turned on, what happened? You, you became hard and, and bitter. Or do you like the coffee beans? Do you allow, do you allow the heat to take you and you change the atmosphere that you're around. You change it to a sweet aroma, a nice smelling aroma that people will actually like to come around and like to, you know, be around you. That's how we take trials. We can take them personally and let them destroy us. Or we can take them to the Lord. Say, all right, God, we're going to make it through this. We're going to push through this situation. I'm going to make it through this situation. With God on my side, I'm going to make this. Amen? So the care and the egg and the coffee, it is a title I want you to hang on to. When a trial comes to you and you go to your prayer closet or you go to that holy place in your life and you lay it before the Lord, I want you to realize something. God will fight your battles. I didn't make it this far. You know? (laughs) I didn't make it this far. But God has been steady with me the entire time. Amen? Let's all stand. I'm going to ask them to sing that song again. And I'm going to encourage you Stay in the camp. Make up your mind that you will not change course. That when negativity comes to you, you will not let it change you, but you change it. That when battles come, he will fight your battles. That when it does come, you can say, stop. comes to you in your mind I do this a lot of times 
I get mad at myself and say, now, Ed, stop. I don't need to be thinking down that way. You fight it. And then you say, God, you fight my battles. Help me here, bro. Bring out the tanks. Bring out the machine guns. Bring out the angels. Fight my battles. If you're going through a battle right now, God's told his prophet, try me. See if if my promises aren't true. See if I will not fulfill my promises. And I tell you this right here, try God. Ask him. Challenge him. The day on the side of the road, I really thought, as I was in pain, who can I call? I called the one true healer. And that's all we got to do. I want them to sing this song. And I want us to worship God. If you're fighting a battle and you don't know where to go, I want you to bring it here. You say, well, Brother Ed, I don't don't come up front much. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you got to just step out and do it. And that is a confirmation of faith, a confirmation of hope, you're showing the enemy that you believe that he will be your healer. But if you do, if you're in it, come down here and call on God as we sing this song. And let God take care of you and bless you and keep you. Go ahead, brother. Y'all sing this song. And we will shout it Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.